Praise the Lord, everyone. Isn't it good to be in the presence of the Lord today? There's uh, absolutely nothing like being in the presence of the Lord, is it? Amen. Where lives are changed, burdens are lifted, amen, and uh, God begins to do stuff for us. We're so excited about being here, praise the Lord, and uh, we have prayed and fasted in between our revival that we just closed out for this revival, but we believe that the Lord's going to do some mighty things, amen. Praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, as you turn to the book of Isaiah, chapter 6, verse 1, praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you again, Brother Riggins, for letting us be here. Praise the Lord. The Bible says, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. And above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twine he covered his face, and with twine he covered his feet. With twine he did fly. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people unclean lips, for mine eyes have seen the king of hosts. Then flew one of the serpents to me, having a live coal, in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this had touched my lips, and my iniquity is taken away, and my sins purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who shall I sin, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here I am, send me. Oh, sweet God, thank you today for your presence. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for what you're about to do. God, help these precious people to respond to your word and not to the man, to me today, God. And we'll give you all the praise, the thanks, and the glory. Put your Bibles down. And let's praise him one more time. Will we do that? Oh, we say yes to your will today, Jesus. Oh, we praise you and exalt you and glorify you. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. And you can be seated this morning. I, uh, I'm really not a big title guy, but I guess if you want a title, let's just call this having an encounter with God. Having an encounter with God. I'm glad that I can come into church and that I can lift up the Lord outright and loud. I love singing and I love clapping and shouting in church just as much as the next guy. But somewhere in our walk with God, we got to grow beyond the singing and the shouting and have a relationship with God. Come on now. We need to get to the place where we can walk and live with God and for God. Somewhere in our point, in our relationship with him, it has to become an intimate relationship. It involves taking him on to a personal level, not just singing about him. Come on. I said not just singing about him. And I'm preaching this morning having an encounter with God. It's more than just an emotional encounter. But it's a true encounter with our Savior. Where a person can come down to an altar and they can drop off all their burdens. And they can come down if they've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. They can repent of their sins uh, and be baptized into the precious name of Jesus and receive the Holy Ghost. It's a place where you can find uh, a God uh, that wants to be intimate with you. 
we're the bride of Christ and he wants to be intimate with us. Are we just having prayer meetings with God? Are we having a prayer meeting with God or are we just having a prayer? We need to have prayer meetings with God that are changed just when we get together. And when the body begins to come together as a collective body uh, and begins to pray together, things begin to happen. I want an encounter with him this morning that's more than just excites me, uh, but I want to be changed. Uh, does anybody want to change today? Does anybody want to walk out of here uh, differently than the way uh, you walked in? Come on, does anybody need their sins remitted today? Do you want to walk out of here changed? Uh, do you want to drop everything off uh, of who you are uh, and leave brand you? Need a relationship with him that's more than just lip service to him. But it's based upon heart, heart, heart service to him. Worshiping God is, is not just some method that we go through. It's not like just playing the right note on the right instrument or singing the right tune for a song. But it's having an actual encounter with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. In Isaiah, we read where the man had an encounter with God. Clearly shows us what happens to a person when they have an encounter with God. One thing that stands out in my mind, he said, I saw the Lord. When we begin to get rid of all these things, the Uzziahs in our lives, and the things that hold us back, from what God wants to do for us and where God wants to take us and we let these things begin to die, we can see our rightful place in God. He didn't have some kind of nightmare for me too much pizza the night before. This was not a product of his imagination. It was not some made up supernatural encounter. Come on now. But Isaiah had a true life changing encounter with the Lord of glory. And we need that this morning. Where he was praying, it said the doorpost shook and the earth quaked. How are our prayers affecting God today? I said, how are our prayers affecting God? Is anything trembling? Is anything shaking in the, come on, the spirit when we pray? I've lived for God for many years, just about 28 years now, and I've seen a lot of people have encounters with God. But many of these are just emotional encounters. Encounters where they come to an altar and they kneel or they get in their pew and kneel. They pray, they weep, they cry. They shed all the tears. They shout, they get up, and they live and act the same way they did before they come to an altar. That's just having an emotional encounter. We need something that changes us on the inside. It says that God is the most important thing. Praise God. I believe we can have a true encounter with the Lord of glory this morning that can change us. Does anybody believe that? When you truly repent to God, come on, you aren't the same anymore. The Bible says, old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I feel sorry for people that have an emotional encounter with God and repentance, but they try to live a holy and righteous without really having a change in their life. They feel better because, friend of mine, they feel better because they repented. And it feels good when you repent. Amen? But we got to go to the next step and be filled with the Holy Ghost.
Hello? We feel better, but we really haven't been born again yet. We really haven't had that change that God wants us to have. But you can repent this morning. You can be baptized in the name of Jesus this morning. You can receive the Holy Ghost this morning. He's here waiting on you. You're not waiting on God. God's waiting on you. Don't get me wrong. Some people in churches never really even had an emotional encounter with God, let alone a true life and change and encounter with Him. We all need, friend of mine, we all need to give our emotions to Him. So we all need to give our emotions to Him, amen? We all have to be willing to give God our feelings and emotions. But there's a place and there's a line that we cross over in our lives where we change forever. Come on, does anybody want to change this morning? Is anybody tired of waking up, friend of mine, uh, with that same old thing that you woke up with yesterday? Uh, is anybody tired of that? Uh, does anybody want to drop something off uh, in an altar this morning uh, and say, God, uh, I need you to alter some things about my life. Uh, I need you to change some things uh, about me uh, that I could come the person uh, that you intended uh, for me to be, God. Oh, come on, let's praise him a minute. Can I tell somebody this morning that that thing that's been over your head, that you can get it under your feet this morning? All you got it, I said, that thing that's been over your head, that thing that's been troubling you uh, and been bothering you, uh, all you got to do is just get up uh, and stand up on your feet uh, and say, look here, uh, you've been troubling me long enough. Uh, you've bothered me long enough. Uh, now I'm just to put you under my feet uh, and you start dancing. Come on, on top of that thing. Uh, and you say, hey, uh, you're not going to trouble me no more. Uh, you're not going to stop me no more. Uh, come on, there's liberty here today. Uh, I said there's liberty uh, in this house this morning. Uh, come on, somebody. Uh, get that thing that's been over your head uh, under your feet today. Uh, tell God, uh, God, uh, I'm not going to let these circumstances uh, dictate to me uh, how I'm going to serve you. God, I refuse to let my circumstance dictate how I respond to you today. Come on, somebody, reach out. Sometimes there's places that we get and all we could do is groan and moan in the spirit. Words cannot describe what's happening to you, but when you stand up, you're different. You're not the same anymore. The chains have fallen off and the devil's lost his grip. And you have a new purpose and desire to please God like never before. Come on, we need that today. I said, we need that today in the hour that we're in. God, I want to please you more uh, than I want myself pleased. If you ever notice the to-do list that we come to church with, you ever notice those to-do lists? And they're to God. God, here's your to-do list. And it has nothing even to do with God, but it's all you. Come on, friend. We need to come into the presence of the Lord uh, without anything getting in the way. Uh, walk through the doors, uh, being happy that we've been set free, uh, that the blood of the Lamb has covered our sins, uh, that our names have been written down in the Lamb's book of life, uh, that we've got a place prepared for us uh, who lives righteous and holy and right uh, that's going to make it. Uh, come on, that we're going to walk on streets of gold. Uh, we need to be, come on now. 
We need to be excited when we come into the house of God. We don't need to just sit there like a bump on a log. Uh, but we need to say, hey, God, uh, something happened this morning. Uh, something broke in me. Uh, something changed. not God's will that we walk out the way we walked in somebody ought to be able to look at you and say I see a change in you something happened to you this morning something took place come on something happened and took place come on somebody ought to be able to see something change in us praise God every time you come to church it's just God preparing you for that place He's trying to get you ready, friend of mine, to get out of here. Praise God. But there's so many areas in our lives that we pull the reins back and we say, not yet, God. Uh, not yet. Uh, I'm not done right there yet. Uh, but what we need to do today uh, is pull the mask off uh, and say, God, uh, look at me for who I am. Uh, God, show me these things uh, that are displeasing to you. Uh, show me, lead me, guide me, God. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Come on, I want to be pleasing to God. I said I want to be pleasing to Him. We can't be pleasing to God with all these things that we let get in the way. Praise God. Many encounters with God is just an overflow of emotions, which are okay, but there's a deeper place in God. I said there's a deeper place in God. There are some true encounters. Is anybody ready to go to some deep places today in God? Is anybody ready to step out, to step in? I said, is anybody ready to step out, to step in? Is anybody ready to go to some unknown places you've never been before? Uh, in order to go those places, you have to get rid of that mentality of a, how God's going to do it and just let God do it. Sure proof of somebody having a real true encounter with God is the, the product afterwards. Many times we see people come to the altars and shed tears and cry and they pray for long times. I've seen people get up and there be puddles of tears. I have. Praise God. And, and, and they lay there, but there's no sign of remorse. And they get up and they go back home, never changed again. That is not God's will. It's not God's will for anybody. It's God's will that we walk out changed. That a little bit of us, every time we come to church, breaks off. I said a little bit of us, come on, disappears. And we see more of Him. And people see more of God in our lives. And they see more of us. I, when somebody looks at me, I want them to see more of God than more of me. Come on, I want to be pleasing to God. Come on, there ought to be something this morning for the mind that disappears in our lives. Uh, and we take a look around, we say, oh my goodness, uh, that starts to, come on now. I see the appearance of God. I don't want just an emotional encounter. And I know that we're emotional people. But that's not, I just don't want an emotional encounter with God. But I need a life-changing encounter with my master. An emotional encounter will make you feel good about your sin. But it won't change your life. I said it makes you feel real good about your sin. But it really doesn't change your life. Only a true intimate encounter would do that. Does anybody yearn to be intimate with him this morning? Do you want to go beyond mere just emotions today? There's so many examples in the Bible of men that had life-changing encounters. Jacob was a young man who loved the things of God more than his brother Esau. And Jacob had a flawed life. He loved to get ahead of other people on their expenses. 
He was driven to succeed, but at the cost of his morals and integrity. But one day he played a dirty trick on his brother and it caused him to have to leave home. And he went to his uncle Laman's house. The trouble with Laman, he was worse than Jacob. So Jacob reaped what he sowed. After he'd been away for many years, he's now prosperous and he's blessed. And so he decides, I need to go back home. And on his way home, he goes to that place, Penuel, and he came across his brother Esau and 400 armed men looking for him. And Esau was going to get his revenge for the trick that he played on him. At this moment, oh, Jacob realized that he needed God. How many times has the Lord allowed things in our lives in an effort to point us towards him? He lets things happen. He lets things happen to us so we'll realize that without him, we're hopeless. We need him. I can't do this on my own. I need him. I need his strength. I need his stability. I need his grace and mercy. I need his anointing. Genesis 32 tells that Jacob had a true encounter with God. He literally wrestled with the angel of God all night long until he was blessed. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. You ever notice how many times we come to an altar and just go through the motions? You ever notice that about yourself? That we could come to the altar and we could just kind of run through the motion, do a little crying, kind of feel sorry for ourselves sometimes. But God's looking for somebody to have an encounter with him this morning. God is looking for somebody to have a real, true, live encounter with him. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for somebody to say, you know what? I lived this old life in the way that I've lived all this time. And I realize that if I have just accepted him, nothing really changed in my life. Nothing would change in me if I just went through a prayer, Brother Riggins, and said, you know what? I've accepted you and you're my personal Savior. Now I know your spirit has come in. That wouldn't work for me because, man, I was dirty, rotten, low down. I'm ashamed of how my life was before God got a hold of me. I really am totally ashamed. But I can't help what I was before he got a hold of me. But I needed something to get in here to work its way out here. Just saying, God, I've accepted you now and I want you just to come on in and everything's going to be okay. If, if I'd have done that, I'd still be drinking. If I'd have done that, I'd still be trying to do the drugs. Because nothing would have really changed in me. And uh, I, I remember a guy is in, in a rock and roll band. And, and uh, he was a bass player in the band. And I'll never forget old Ray. And Ray told me, he said, Mike, I'm going to get baptized tonight. He said, I wish you'd come go get baptized with me. And uh, my old granny, man, she's, she's 97. The old prayer warrior. And uh, she got the Holy Ghost when she was eight years old. She's still alive. She's still got the Holy Ghost. She's still serving God. And she'd come to my house and she would anoint over my doors and stuff and say, you can't have him, devil. He belongs to God. He's a promise. You can't have him. And I knew that the only way to be baptized was into the name of Jesus. And I said, well, Ray, how are you going to get baptized tonight? He said, in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Ghost. I said, that's not what that scripture says, Ray. I said, it said name. I said, who is the name of the Father? Who is the name of the Son? I said, it's Jesus, Ray. Ray said, well, Jesus. I said, exactly right. I said, why then? I said, because in the New Testament, there's no other way they baptize but in the name of Jesus. Why in the world would you go through titles? Because, Ray, you're a son. You're a daddy. Praise God. And man, the light bulbs come on, Ray, but you know what? Ray never got what Ray needed to get. 
But I'm glad that I'm that I got the real goods. That I just didn't get something that made me feel good for a day or two. Praise God. But I got something that's changed me. I've never went back to that lifestyle in 28 years. I'm still delivered. I'm still living for God. Come on, I said I'm still living for God. I intend to keep living for God. Pray, I intend to make my home in heaven. I said I intend to make my home in heaven. He's got a place prepared for me. See, this is the difference with some people. Jacob was tired of the way he had been living. And he said, I'm not going home the way that I came. I want to be different. And he finally got blessed and God changed his name from Jacob to Israel. Israel means God prevailed. I want God to prevail and take control of me. Not me. I don't want to go home without being changed. Come on, somebody reach out to the Lord right now. Those songs says you won't leave here like you came in Jesus' name. God's here to meet us in an intimate way this morning. I said you won't leave the way you walked in. Come on. But you can walk out of here chains filled with the Holy Ghost. Yes, you can. Praise God. That's right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You ready for God to change you? You raise your hands, sister. You begin to repent to God. And I'm going to come pray with you just a minute. Come on, does anybody else want to come?
shaking Savior if you fear a chain. He's a chain breaker. If you've got pain, he's a pain taker. Take 
Let's thank the Lord. Let's thank the Lord. Oh, you're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. You're wonderful, Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, thank God. Thank God. Amen. This is what it's all about. Seeing souls filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. God giving them the power, the power to become the sons of God. I've, I've had to explain that scripture many, many times in my efforts in Africa. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And the only way you can really interpret scripture is by using other scripture. And that, that scripture talks about receiving, and it talks about power. If you want to understand it, you got to find another scripture that uses those key words. And we find that scripture in Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power. When? After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. That's what the Holy Ghost is given for. It's to give you the power to be what God wants you to be. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. The power to become the sons of God. Uh, a few years ago, just a couple of years ago, my younger brother told me he was driving out of the parking lot and said he just saw me out of the corner of his eye, didn't recognize who I was, but he said he just he got enough of a glimpse, said he thought to himself, said, boy, that guy looks like my dad. And then when he turned to look, he realized why. There's a family resemblance. When you are somebody's son, there's just a family resemblance. And he gives us the power to become the sons of God. We can't do it on our own, but we do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. God helps us. Amen. And, uh, you know, the key to this, the key to this is to keep getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I, I tell people all the time that to receive it one time and then try to live off of that experience would be the same thing as going to the gas station, filling your tank, and never stopping by again. You know, full tank will get you a ways. But you can't drive forever on it. You got to go back and fill up again. And again and again and again. And what happens in our life is we start going through trials and difficulties and, you know, having to climb a few rough mountains. And it, it just seems like we get weaker and discouraged. And the devil tells us, stay away from church, stay away from prayer. But that's like looking down at your gas gauge and you're getting down about an eighth of a tank and saying, well, I need to stay away from the gas station. I just don't feel like. I just don't feel like getting any gas today. I'm, I'm too discouraged to get any gas today. I, I'm going to stay away from the gas station. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's the time you really need to stop in. That's the time you need it more than any other time. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God for what he has done here today. Thank God for the lives he's touched. And this is just the beginning, church. What a, what a way to kick things off in this revival and we've been praying we've been fasting we've been believing and god is honoring our request and we're so thankful for it amen to our guests what an honor to have you here in fact i want to just tell you i'm not going to hide it we we want you just to make yourself at home and we we really don't want you we really don't want you feeling like a guest around here we we just want you to be one of us uh, I, I like to say you may find you may find bigger buildings you will find bigger buildings than what we have you'll find larger congregations right now than what we have find perhaps better talent 
But one thing I can promise you, you'll never find a group of people that will love you more than these folks at New Life. And we do love you. We want you just to be a part of us. And we want you to be back again tonight. Brother Herring will be preaching tonight. As I said, it's going to be a jubilee service. This means that our branch works will be coming as well. And and the folks that they have uh, hopefully be bringing some of them with them. And uh, what a great time we had last quarter when we did this. It was just a phenomenal service. And so I'm really looking forward to this tonight been looking forward to it and I want to encourage you to come you don't want to miss it uh, it's just a special night it's a special night and uh, we invite you to come and bring somebody with you bring somebody with you we call it jubilee service uh, you know the, the, the jubilee was a time of freedom it was a time of of uh, forgiveness a time of uh, the removal of debts uh, the ending of slavery, uh, bondage, these things all happened at Jubilee. And so this is Jubilee service for us tonight. So if you know somebody that needs a chain breaker, I can promise you he's going to be here tonight. You need somebody that's a pain taker, I assure you, he's coming tonight. <laughs> he's, he's the one that makes it a Jubilee. He's the one that sets folks free from their chains their bondage their heartache 